0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. This is your warning. Warning, do not attempt to lose fat again until you listen to this episode because I am going to tell you the three mistakes that you need to avoid if you want to get leaner, if you want to lose body fat, if you want to successfully lose fat and keep it off, you have to avoid these three mistakes. And in particular, if you are a woman over 40, these three things are even more important. So they are, I mean, this is what we're going to talk about. Well, this is, this is coffee hour right now. I'm actually recording this Saturday morning. It was a crazy week i feel like i'm uh, recovering from like a week of partying and i didn't do any partying i only did work but my schedule was a little bit insane this week and so we're doing this on a saturday morning even though the episode's not released until till monday but it's coffee hour so if you're having some coffee with me right now it's okay take a sip we can cheers i've got my coffee with uh with a packet of Splenda, it's actually like maybe a half or three quarters of a packet. And I know it's it's crazy to think that a nutrition coach, somebody who cares about their health like I do, would dare put a chemical like Splenda in my body. There was that article that came out recently. This is, it, this is like the most egregious shit that we deal with, and it's... It's just so frustrating. And I don't, I, yes, I understand the point. I understand the purpose, but it's so irresponsible and it's so egregious. And if you have not heard, there's an article that's that's circulating based off of a new study. Um, and I'm I'm trying to find the headline because, yeah, here. And this was from Fox News. Uh, and Mel sent me this article and she's like, here we go again. Sucralose, a chemical in Splenda is found to cause, quote, significant health effects in new study. And so when you open the article, it goes on about how there was a study that was done that showed that sucralose elevates this um, or impacts this one uh, DNA marker that is associated with cancer. And I'm like reading the article and I'm like, surely... They're gonna mention what the study actually, how the study was actually conducted. Nope. It just went on and on about how dangerous it is to eat, to include sucralose in your, you know, coffee or you know, diet soda or whatever it is. And it it's like the most irresponsible, egregious, fear-mongering bullshit ever. And we we deal with this as a society across the board. If you actually go to the study, it was done in a Petri dish where they extracted DNA and then they blasted it with the equivalent of 50,000 packets of Splenda or 10,000 diet sodas at once. That's what caused a slight impact in one particular DNA strain. Like, how does that lead to a sensationalized, fear-mongering article about the detrimental effects of Splenda? Now, if you don't want to put stuff like that into your body, who am I to tell you otherwise? I never care what somebody else does with their health or nutrition or fitness. It makes no difference to me. If you want to run marathons all, you know, your whole life. Great. Go for it. If you want to eat keto or carnivore or whatever, amazing. Go for it. I don't care. I care about fear mongering and the spreading of misinformation. That's why I often speak against the the no carb, low carb gurus because their whole approach is based around fear and misinformation. They basically do the same thing as this study where they take something, they don't explain how the study was actually conducted, and they ignore all of the other literature and body of evidence to suggest that in this particular case, when we're talking about low-carb, that there is no advantage to low-carb dieting. When it comes to body composition and when it comes to health, zero, it's been rigorously tested. And we also have a body of evidence to suggest that artificial sweeteners like sucralose, when they are dosed appropriately, have no detrimental effects. Now I'm open to the literature changing to the re- like if we look at this particular study and we can... We can all hopefully agree that there's a number of shortcomings with a study that was conducted this way, meaning you're taking a petri dish, you're extracting certain DNA, and you are blasting it with an absurd amount. Like, what, what substance <laughs> wouldn't cause an issue when blasted with that quantity? Like, it, you know, so anyway, hopefully we can see the limitations there. But if that is a reason to say, hey, we need to conduct more research, I'm all for it. But as it stands right now, I'm not even remotely concerned about my half a packet or a packet of Splenda, even my Coke Zero combined with my half a packet or packet of Splenda every day. That, you know, think about 50,000 packets in one sitting versus a half a packet in a Coke Zero in a single day. Anyway, I know, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy for for trying to have a little bit of balance and and freedom. And no, I'm not I'm not concerned because it's about what you do most of the time, the majority of your habits and anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but it's coffee hour and I've got my packet, almost a full packet, probably more like a half in my coffee, which is absolutely delicious. It's my go. If I go to Starbucks, which I don't really do much anymore, it's always a venti, Americano, sometimes iced, sometimes hot, depending on my mood or depending on the weather, and one packet of Splenda. That's it. Absolutely delicious. Anyway, let's get into the three mistakes that everybody must avoid. Cannot attempt to lose fat until you listen to this. Um, actually, before I tell you, I'm sorry. I know. Tangents all day. That's what we do here. That's probably why nobody listens to the show. Now, we, uh, in fact, if you want more people to listen to the show, if you want to torture your friends and family with all of my tangents, then you should subscribe wherever you listen. Like, follow, subscribe, whatever the button is that gives you notifications. That's one of the best ways to help us reach new people. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you subscribe or Spotify or wherever, the more subscribers, followers, the better. That's how people find the show when it be, when it pops up as like a recommended podcast. It's because we have a lot of subscribers. You can also leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to be eligible to win a supplement of your choice from one of our sponsors. Cured Organify or Paleo Valley. The way that I work with sponsors is very different than how it's traditionally done in the podcasting space. Most of the time, a sponsor will reach out and they'll be like, Hey, we want to sponsor your show. Tell me how many, like your audience size, how many downloads you get on each episode, and let's work out an arrangement. Um, you know, how many times you're going to mention the products, all this stuff. What I do is I first say, I need to try the product and I need to try it consistently over like not just a one-time thing. I need to try it consistently. And then I need to actually meet and interact with the people behind the brand. So let's get to know each other. Let's have some conversations. Let's see what you're all about. And then after I've tried the product and after I've worked with and, and gotten to know the people, then I talk about it and I tell them, the sponsor, that I'm only going to speak about my personal experience. And if it's not based off of personal experience, I will tell the audience that. I will tell you that. So you know that when I say I have the best sponsors, they are carefully vetted And I am speaking only based off of use, personal use, and experience. That's it. That's how I do it. So anyway, you can win a free supplement of your choice from Cured, Organifi, or Paleo Valley if you leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you just open up the podcast app. You go to the search bar. You type in Mind Over Macros. You tap on the little thumbnail. Scroll all the way down until you see the ratings and reviews then you can submit a review. You just hit write a review. Say a little something like, hey, I love this podcast. It's amazing. But I wish you didn't go on so many tangents (laughs) and just get to the fucking point, Mike. Get to the point, damn it. And then you submit the review and uh, I probably won't pick you now. Um, And that's how you're eligible to win. And it actually is completely random. I just do a random number generator based off of how many reviews there are. And uh, that's who wins. And you will find out on the next episode if you are the winner this week. All right, enough delay. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the three mistakes that you need to avoid if you want to get leaner. I'm I'm speaking in particular to women over 40 because these are even more important. And really it's even more important as you age because as we age we are a little bit more sensitive to stress and women are a little bit more sensitive to stress. And I know that may not sound fair but it makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint. And here's, here's how you can feel better about it. If you are a woman and you're like, this is stupid that I'm more sensitive to stress because I can't get away with as much flexibility as a man can like. Typically for men, results are, <laughs> if men weren't so freaking stubborn and prideful and you know egotistic, then every man could get shredded so easily all you have to do is, is check your ego at the door, actually ask for help, and not be so fucking stubborn, and like make some small little tweaks to your nutrition, and you're golden. But I digress. Anyway, the reason why women are more sensitive to stress is because from an evolutionary standpoint, it makes sense you are the more important sex to our survival. You know, the whole baby carrying thing. Women are more important. It just, that's facts. More important. Men are more disposable. It's, I don't know, sounds barbaric, maybe. But it's fact. Because think about if our, if our population, if our species was in danger. We need more women. <laughs> that's just the reality of it. So, anyway. That is just why I'm saying, like, I don't want anybody to feel badly. I don't, I don't want you to be like, this is unfair. This is just evolution. So it is what it is. And so now that we're aware of it, we can accommodate accordingly. Anyway, this is in no particular order. The number one mistake that you need to avoid if you want to get leaner, especially as a woman, especially as a woman over 40, fasting or skipping breakfast is mistake number 1 now it's super common because if you think about fasting protocols and and why they're so popular because it's a way to basically get somebody to eat less without telling them to change much like it's it's a hard sell to tell an individual that you have to improve your food quality and you have to stop dining out so much and you have to stop drinking as much alcohol and you have to eat more veggies and you have to eat more protein and you have to be more mindful and you can't snack as like all these things that we must change nutritionally to see progress. Fasting protocols got popular because it's like you can, like from a marketing standpoint, a lot of you'll see a lot of fasting protocols that are like, you don't need to track calories. You don't need to change anything. Like, you don't need to change anything about your nutrition. And they're like, literally, just eat in this little window and don't change anything. Because, of course, if you're condensing the window that you're eating, it's harder to overconsume. So, we have to, first of all, separate fasting from like everything else because. It's not a nutrition protocol. Fasting is not a nutrition protocol. You can fast and do keto. You can fast and track macros. You can fast and eat 10,000 calories per day. But it's not superior for fat loss in any way, shape, or form. The, the fasting cult followers say, condense the feeding window and you're more likely to eat less. And it. Logically, it makes sense. There are certain things that sound great in theory, but they don't hold up to real life application. And fasting is one of those things because we have what's called research to show that people who fast tend to eat more later in the day because it's easier for them to overindulge because they're in an energy deficit. And whatever reason, hunger and cravings are going to increase for for a lot of people um and this is there's also some uh, certain metabolic disadvantages that can occur due to fasting it's especially true in women over 40 because again sensitivity to stress is an important thing to understand cortisol is highest in the morning as it should be that waking cortisol response if you don't set an alarm and you wake up in the morning naturally it's because of cortisol Cortisol wakes you up in the morning. It's highest in the morning. That's your your readiness hormone. A lot of people call it the stress hormone, which is semi-accurate, but more accurate would be the readiness hormone because it gets you ready to handle stressors. Anyway, so when you already have higher cortisol in the morning and then you don't eat for an extended period of time in the morning, there's a lack of energy coming in, which is an added stress on the body. So it's driving cortisol up even higher. Now, if you are somebody who's already more sensitive to stress and you have a stressful lifestyle and you're not doing a lot of recovery or unwinding practices, that is a recipe for disaster. Acute increases in cortisol are not bad. They're natural. They're normal. That's kind of what it's meant for. Chronic elevation in cortisol is where problems happen. And that's where fasting is just not necessary. It's really just not necessary. So my recommendation would be wake up, eat within an hour of getting out of bed, make it a high protein breakfast, a well-balanced meal, some carbs and fats, protein, veggies, fiber. That will help you to keep your blood sugar stable and it will balance out that that cortisol curve so that you're not dealing with excessively high cortisol in the morning. This is like when you're in a phase of life, a season of life, when hormonal changes are happening, like as you're aging, maybe you're going through perimenopause, menopause, like there's already hormonal fluctuations that are happening. Why disrupt things even further? It just doesn't make sense. There's no reason for it. And there's a lot of people that will sit there and tell me but Mike, I'm not hungry in the morning. Or I wake up first thing and I go and work out and I'm just not hungry. I wake up at 4.30 or 5 a.m. and I go right to the gym. I'm not saying that you have to have a gourmet meal. Just get something in, something small. Like it doesn't always have to be like, yeah, it's great if you wake up and within an hour of getting out of bed, you do have a nice, well-balanced, high-protein breakfast, but it doesn't have to be that way. Something is better than nothing. I think we always think in this black and white terms, all or nothing. Like I either need this gourmet breakfast or I can't eat anything. Like you will, your body will accommodate and adapt. So if you're waking up and you're not that hungry and you just have something like really small, like some Greek yogurt and fruit, something small, your hunger signals will start to adapt you'll start to get into that habit of your body is expecting nutrients at a certain time. So there will be an adjustment period, but it will happen. All right. Mistake number two, high intensity interval training, group fitness classes, and cardio. Now, obviously this is a dose dependent thing, but based off of experience, and I've had the good fortune of of working with thousands of women over the past decade plus. And a lot of the individuals that I've worked with, they overdo it when it comes to this style of exercise. And oftentimes it's because usually when we have the conversation about why, it's because they think they have to. And that's really the problem here is that most of the the problems that we deal with come down to just really poor, misinformation being spread and and the marketing machine that is the diet and and like nutrition and fitness industries. So yeah, of course there's marketing out there that's like, you know, get your sweat on with this Peloton ride, this Orange Theory class, F45, you know, boot camps, do your hit training. You know, so like I used to be susceptible to all that stuff. I remember I bought a machine called a tread climber and their, their selling point was burn 17 times the amount of calories as you would on a, on a treadmill. And I was like, hell yeah, (laughs) 17 times the amount for, for less work. Sure. I'll take that. Cause I thought I had to, I thought it was all about, I thought exercise was all about the calorie burn. How many calories can I burn during training? I would actually look up, What forms of cardio burn the most calories? Oh, jumping rope, boxing. Cool. I'm going to do those things. Like I would actually look up what burns the most calories. It's not about calorie burn. In fact, the manual calorie burn is what's often preventing you from seeing progress. Again, this is another, I think this is another situation where something sounds good in theory. Like if I'm burning more calories during my exercise, that means I should burn more calories on a daily basis, which means I should lose more body fat. Incorrect, because your body is a adaptive and reactive machine. So your body is going to adapt accordingly. And what we see based off of research is that you will subconsciously move less. The more that you manually burn during exercise, the less you will burn throughout the rest of the day because your body knows that there's an energy debt that needs to be repaid. So it will find ways to get you to fidget less, to move less. Now you can say, but I'm still going to get my steps in. Great. That's amazing. You should still do that. But your body will compensate with less fidgeting and, and subconscious movement that you really can't control that much. The other thing is that you continue to become more efficient each time you do that form of cardio. So that manual calorie burn actually goes down, right? So let's let's not just cut off all forms of cardio. There's a time and a place. Improving your cardio capacity is great for overall health. Sweating it out is a wonderful thing, but it's easy to get hooked. It's easy to get attached to the concept that sweating is indicative of a good workout, that a calorie burn is what you're after. But this style of exercise is not good for your metabolism because you're becoming more efficient with calories, because you're not prioritizing muscle mass, because you're increasing cortisol, but there's no metabolic advantage to go along with that, like lifting weights. Lifting weights does increase cortisol, but there's a metabolic advantage to it because you're building muscle. You're going through the process of, of challenging your muscles and requiring that rebuilding process to happen. So you're becoming inefficient with calories. You're telling your metabolism, we need to keep this muscle mass. Even if we're not building muscle, you're telling your body, we need to keep this muscle mass. And the muscle that you have requires energy. To maintain. If you're only relying on cardio or your, your exercise is mostly cardio, then your body's going to be like, well, why are we keeping this muscle that's costing us a lot of energy? So studies also show that that HIIT training cardio can drive hunger and cravings up for, for certain in- individuals. Um, it's not everybody. I don't want to make it seem like if you're doing cardio, you're automatically going to be hungrier. Uh, but it does show that You know, for probably a third of the population, you're going to see an increase in how much you want to eat. So really simple, my recommendation. This style of training is really not great for body body composition improvements. If you want to get leaner, do some form of resistance training as the foundation of your workout. Let that be your base. It doesn't matter if it's two days a week, three days a week, four days a week. Just let that be the, the, the primary focus. Use cardio in smaller doses and pay attention to how you're feeling. Pay attention to your recovery, your hunger, your cravings. Notice how you, as an individual, are impacted when you work out like that. I can't tell you how many people that I've spoken to that fail to connect the dots between like using mistake number one fasting, cardio, so many times people fail to connect the dots that those are actually the things that are making it hard for them to stay consistent. So they'll be like, I'm always snacking and indulging at the end of the day, but they never connect the dots that it's because they were fasting all day. Or I just get really hungry and then I binge at night, not connecting the dots because they're doing, you know, they're trying to burn 500 calories in a cardio session. Pay attention and understand the variables at play. If you're training to get better at cardio, like you want to run a marathon, you want to do an Ironman, you want to do, uh, you know, like an obstacle course situation, um, then obviously you need a higher level of frequency. And in that case, you better be prepared to fuel appropriately to counterbalance the amount of stress you're putting on your body. Because again, it always comes down to, having the resources to accommodate the demands you're placing on your body. So higher demand, right? You're doing more cardio. You're trying to run a marathon. That's a high demand activity. You better have more resources. You better have more recovery practices. You better focus on your sleep. You better stop undereating or fasting, like get in a good amount of food, high quality food, don't under eat and really pay attention to how your body is responding. Mistake number three. Well, let's let's throw in a bonus mistake. Bonus mistake is if you are not consuming your Organifi Green Juice every morning and your Organifi Gold Juice every evening. That is another bonus mistake that you cannot make because you're missing out on an advantage that is very low hanging fruit, like. Do you struggle to get in enough veggies? Do you struggle to get in an assortment of veggies? Do you struggle to start your morning with an easy win? Like drinking something with high quality ingredients that helps you get your vitamins and minerals in, like Organifi green juice. Plus, the crisp apple flavor is the best tasting green juice on the market, period. The end, hard stop. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you need something to help you wind down. Why? Are you complaining about your inability to sleep or shut your brain off, but yet you're not taking advantage of something like Organifi Gold Juice, which helps you to calm down, and the chocolate flavor is absolutely divine? Or you can be really intelligent and get the Sunrise to Sunset Kit or Bundle, which has Organifi Green Juice and Gold Juice and Red Juice which is the best non-stimulant pre-workout that's going to help you crush your training sessions because now you know that you want to be training primarily with resistance training. You you want to build that foundation, but you also want to make the most of those sessions. So you have Organifi Red Juice to help you do that. When you get the Sunrise to Sunset bundle, you also get a 30-day supply of Pure, which is their gut health product that will just when you put the sunrise to sunset bundle in your cart, you'll see the pure gets automatically added for free and the bundle is already discounted. And then you get the mind over macros discount on top of that, which is 20% off when you use code POPFAM. So you go to Organifi.com, dot com slash P-O-P-F-A-M and use code POPFAM at checkout. That gives you 20% off all of their products. That means you get, if you do the sunrise to sunset bundle, you're getting my three favorite products already discounted through the bundle, plus their gut health product called Pure, automatically included for free, and an additional 20% off with code POPFAM. I don't think there's anything better than that. So it would be a huge mistake to not take advantage. You can also try the Harmony product, which is Mel's favorite. It's a hormone balancing product that's cacao flavor, absolutely delicious. She's been leaning on that every single night. Start your day by getting in your insurance policy to make sure you're covered with nutritional value, vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, getting in an assortment of veggies. That's the green juice. Crisp apple is my favorite. Then, before your workout, take some red juice. Then, as you're winding down for the evening after dinner, have the gold juice chocolate flavor. Just warm up some almond milk, mix in the gold chocolate, absolutely divine, I'm telling you. It's so good. And then, if you want to add the harmony, you could try that in the evening as well. Go to Organify.com slash PopFam. Get the Sunrise to Sunset kit if you want the absolute best deal or you can kind of mix and match. If you just want the green and the gold, if you just want the green and the harmony, but if you're really looking for a strong starting point, I would say go with the the bundle, sunrise to sunset bundle. You'll see it organify.com/popfam. Use code popfam for 20% off, and let's not make that mistake. It's it's low-hanging fruit, so you might as well take advantage. All right, mistake number 3. As we take another sip of coffee here, Um, mistake number three, dieting too frequently, too extremely or unsustainably. Once again, this is something that most people struggle with. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, this is specific to women over 40, but when you are more sensitive to stress, it is an even bigger issue. And this is, this is a situation where men just have it a little bit easier. Sometimes we can diet really really stupidly and get away with it because we don't have that same hormone sensitivity to stress, but it's, I still don't recommend it. So this is a, this is a mistake that most people make when they're trying to diet too frequently, too extremely unsustainably. But again, like really be mindful of what season or phase of life you're in and just why, like the question is why? Why put yourself through something that's unnecessary when you're already seeing hormonal fluctuations and you want to give yourself every advantage to see progress? Why do something like that? Dieting is a major stressor on the body. Your results, your metabolic health, and your hormone health are all dependent on having the appropriate resources to meet the demands you place on your body. It probably sounds like a broken record but i really want to drill that concept home because it helps you to to understand why certain things don't work food and energy is an important resource recovery is an important resource sleep is an extremely important resource self care is an important resource dieting impacts all of the above you're removing energy you're impairing recovery You're making it more difficult to get adequate sleep, and you're potentially sacrificing self-care as well. You know, I see a lot of women who get frustrated when they are told by other programs to basically starve themselves. Now, I get it. The programs don't say, hey, you need to starve yourself, but that's what they do, right? The 800 calories is not normal. That's starvation. A thousand calories is not normal. So yeah, they might not be flat out saying it because they're, they're craftier than that. They're a little sneaky. Gotta pay attention, these sneaky motherfuckers. Um, but they're basically saying starve yourself without actually saying it. So it's really easy to get frustrated when you're doing something that is so rigid and restrictive and then you're not seeing progress. Why don't they see progress? Because It's too extreme. Your body is going to fight back. Your body is going to fight to preserve energy. It makes perfect sense. Your body is doing exactly what it is designed to do. Because think about the alternative. Imagine if you had very little energy coming in, but you had a roaring, fast metabolism. Would that make sense? Of course not. That would be a shorter time frame until you die like actually imagine i only have 800 calories coming in but my body is operating as if it is burning through 3000 calories that would just be a quicker path to starvation and getting weaker and all of these hormonal dysfunctions and metabolic dysfunctions like it's not a good thing so of course your body adapts of course it down regulates metabolic function of course it suppresses certain systems in the body that take up a lot of energy like your immune system like sexual function. You know I always make the joke like hey if you're going to if you're going to tackle this really extreme and restrictive protocol just give your husband a heads up that he's not getting laid for the foreseeable future just give him a heads up because you're not going to want to that's just how it works. Your body suppresses certain functions in the body that require a lot of energy. So that's why you see yourself getting sick more frequently because your immune system is is all jacked up, you don't want to have sex, you probably feel like crap all the time, you probably have digestive issues, all of these systems that require energy are now being suppressed to accommodate for the lack of energy coming in. And the more frequently you diet, the more frequently you place stress on your body. The more extreme Your diet is, the more of a stressor it is. And the more you try to be perfect, the more unsustainable your results are. So those all you know, it should be really easy to eliminate options in your mind when you think about those three things. Am I dieting too frequently? Am I dieting too extremely? Am I trying to be too perfect where the process is unsustainable? Hint 75 hard, hint whole 30. (laughs) You don't need to be perfect. Trust me. Perfection is not a real thing. You can't be perfect. So the more that you need to be perfect in order to be quote unquote successful, the less likely you are to sustain it. So my recommendation is pretty simple. Diet smarter, not harder. Have a dedicated fat loss phase that lasts about 12 to 16 weeks based off of the individual. That timeline is going to be highly dependent on you. Keep it moderate. If you're going to be more aggressive like like moderate means small sacrifices slow and steady progress if that frustrates you then you're probably always gonna struggle it's just the fact it's just reality if you can't embrace slow and steady change over time habit change lifestyle change mindset change and you're and you're wanting all of these things to happen overnight you're just always gonna struggle accept it. That's, that's the reality. It's more effective to be honest with yourself and say, I am choosing to make this a constant battle that I'm never going to win. If you can't take the slow and steady approach, which, by the way, always gets you there faster in the end, if you can't buckle up and enjoy the process and recognize that this is a forever change, then you're always going to struggle. So keep it moderate. If you are going to take periods of time where you're more aggressive, because I don't, I don't mind selective aggressiveness, but it really has to be well managed. Don't do that shit without a coach. Like seriously, don't try that on your own. Don't be like, I'm going to rip the band aid off and drop these 50 pounds overnight. If you're going to be more aggressive and you're working with a coach, you damn well better have your recovery and stress management on lock. Eat mostly high-quality foods. Incorporate things that you love in moderation each day or at least each week. Don't deprive yourself. You should not feel the urge to binge on certain foods because you're restricting them. If you find yourself binging on cookies and it's because you feel restricted, like, you, damn it, I, I don't have cookies anymore. I really want them. Just incorporate them. And it doesn't... Here's here's a little hack. It doesn't have to be an entire serving. I got this from Mel. When Mel is dieting, she'll take half servings or even quarter servings of certain foods that she loves. But if they're higher calorie foods, she just reduces the serving. Like It doesn't have to be a full serving. There's such thing as partial servings. And that just helps to give that little feeling of, okay, I get this food every single day. It loses its appeal. Like it it doesn't have any power over you because it's never off limits. You get it daily. We have dark chocolate every single night. Anyway, incorporate foods that you love each day or each week. Avoid this half in half out nonsense where you kind of sort of diet, but then you indulge and then you want to keep dieting forever. Like when you're in, you're in, okay? When you're in, you're in. Get it done, get in and get out. You know, if it's 12 weeks, great. Take 12 weeks of your life to be a little bit more consistent. But but the reality is it's it's not the dieting phase that's the important part. It's everything you do outside of that because if you're doing this appropriately and you're changing your habits and your lifestyle and you're building a strong foundation, going from not dieting to dieting it should only be like a 10% increase in consistency and and like sacrifices so if most of the time you're 75 to 80% on it during your dieting phase you should be about 85 to 90 to 90% on it that's not a big adjustment but most people go from like 40% and they try to go to 100% and that's where the disconnect happens or they're like Half in, half out, and then they're trying to be perfect, and then they end up all out, and then they all end up all in, and it's just this repeated cycle like you gotta fix what's happening most of the time you gotta fix it you're not gonna solve that with another dieting phase you're gonna solve that with with habit change, with lifestyle change, with mindset change. Just work with a coach. It's super simple, unfortunately, all of these mistakes are done too frequently, usually all at once, so. I speak to a lot of women each day, most of them who end up in my DMs asking me questions and they are trying to fast, they're trying to eat 1,200 calories, they're doing a bunch of cardio. And when I explain these things, they're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now the question is, are you going to do something about it? When you reach that season of life, when hormones are changing and sensitivity to stress is higher, You're a woman of a certain age and you're noticing those hormonal fluctuations. Focus on the foundational habits that will go a long way in your overall health and body composition. Again, this is not about dieting. This is about what you're doing for life. Focus on food quality. That should really be a primary focus. It's incredibly important for your hormone health. Walk more. That is the gift that keeps on giving. When in doubt, walk it out. Protein is your best friend, especially as we age. We need more of it. Eat lots of protein, protein at every meal. Muscle is like your metabolic gold. Preserve it, build it, care for it. Sleep and stress management are non-negotiables. Do not let anybody get in the way of your sleep and self-care. I know if you have like a baby, there are certain things that are, you know, it is what it is. You just got to do your best. That's always that's always the answer. Just do your best. And above all else. Prioritize yourself, prioritize yourself. It was just the other day that uh, somebody messaged me. She was 45 years or no, she said she spent 45 years of her life. She said, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time and I've spent 45 years of my life putting everyone else first. And she went on to tell me like, even where her money was spent was based off of everybody else's needs and rarely ever on her. And uh, she's a podcast listener. And she said, finally, something clicked. Finally, I had to decide enough is enough. Finally, I had to decide that I'm worth it. And I deserve to be happy. And I deserve to be healthy. And the thing that stood out to me the most is from our conversation, the thing that stood out to me the most from our conversation was she said, It doesn't do anyone much good if I lack confidence in myself and I feel miserable in my own body. It doesn't like think about that because she was talking about how she spent her whole life putting everybody else first. But then the reframe was, it doesn't do any of those people any good if I lack confidence in myself and I feel miserable in my own body. She said, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to look good. And I said, 1000%. You don't have to put your own goals on hold for the sake of anyone else. Not only do you deserve to look and feel how you want, but the people you care about the most deserve the best version of you. And that requires prioritizing yourself. That requires investing in yourself. That requires spending your time accordingly. And then she made the brave decision to enroll in our coaching program and her life Is about to fundamentally change. After 45 years. She is about to. Step into a version of herself. That she didn't even know was possible. And she's already seeing it. She's already seeing the difference. And it's a beautiful thing. When you can go. Decades and decades and decades. Of doing everything. For everyone else. And now you get to rewrite that narrative. It's never too late. Truly, it's never too late. If you don't know where to start, why don't you start by reaching out? Let's have a conversation. At the bare minimum, I can at least point you in the right direction. Hit me up on Instagram if you have questions. At coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Hopefully this was helpful. I'm going to enjoy the rest of this coffee.